Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord is coming back for us. And we who are truly awaiting for his return, we are living lives of repentance. There are fruits that are showing up in our lives of the Holy Spirit, glory be to God, we take our walk and our crucified life in Christ seriously. Why? Because he died for us. Listen, we must crucify this flesh. This is not an option. And this is not something that we can say one day, we are being saved, and then the next day, we're living for the devil. Oh, absolutely not. And so today, I want to talk about the book of Colossians. Yeah, I do, because on this podcast, what the Lord has put into my spirit is to always go to the Word of God for our teaching because we cannot depend nor trust nor give our money to the apostate church any longer. They are preaching another gospel. And speaking of which, let us talk about the gospel. Over there in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul let us know exactly what the message that he was given personally by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he was often often talking about how men was calling him a false teacher. And so Paul in the book of Galatians would give in his credentials. And so let us come over here real quick because I am going to touch back over here on on 1 Corinthians and today's lesson. But we see in chapter 15 and verse 3, 
where Paul says, and this is the gospel, that unfortunately is not being preached in the churches today. He says in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15, I passed on to you what was most important and what has and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Amen. And so Paul was letting them know, listen, I didn't get this revelation from man. Amen. And nor did he go to any seminary school. No, he got this from a face-to-face meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's why that's why I want to talk about the book of Colossians today. Before we get started, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you and we want you. Father, we repent of our sins. We believe that Christ died for our sins, that he took on a punishment that was rightly due to us. Father, we were the sinners. We sinned against your holy word. We broke your laws. And Father, We so sorry for that. We so sorry. And that. (laughs) Hold on. It's just that I love Jesus so much. And I am so grateful. I am so eternally grateful, Father, for what he has done for us. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, Father. Jesus rose out of the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he is alive today. Our King, our Lord has risen. Glory be to God. And Father, that give us great, great hope for those of us who trust him as our risen king, that one day when he comes back for us, we too shall be raised. Hallelujah. We too shall have our glorified bodies. And so, Father, with today's lesson, help us to understand about the resurrection. Help us to understand how to live godly lives. Father, we don't want no other king. We want you. And Father, I thank you. I thank you and love you with everything within me. Teach us your word today. May the Holy Spirit move on me. Open up this clouded mind that that if any indoctrination is still in there, if Any false teachings are still in there. Root them out, Father, in the name of Jesus. I'm done. I'm done with the apostasy. I'm done with the sin. I'm done with all of this false doctrine. 
Father, help us to learn and to understand what you actually said and not the twisting of your scriptures that has been fed to us for so many years. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for your grace and your mercy for reconciling us back to you through the sacrificial death of your only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for us. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we're coming over here to the book of Colossians today. So, grab your Bible. Grab your journal. Grab your pens and your papers and your markers. And let's get to this today. So, for me, I love a good backstory. Oh, yes. And this is for you, Allie Callie. I got my coffee today. My sis in Christ, she has a podcast and it's called, what is it, Allie? Uh, Bible Coffee Talk. Amen. And that's Allie Benfield. Yes, she's on Anchor as well. And she is awesome. And so for her, I got my coffee today as well. This is what I got. I got French vanilla mixed with regular coffee. So I got a combination of French vanilla cappuccino with coffee. And it is delicious. So for you, Allie, this is for you. Glory be to God. I love my sis. And so, yeah, for me, I love a good backstory. The longer winded it is, I'm all in for it. I am not about the brevity. Stretch it out for me. I love it. And so if we look at the book of Colossians, and it is only four chapters. And so we're going to get to that today. Okay. Because the backstory to the book of Colossians is that obviously we know who wrote it. It was Paul called to be an apostle. And it was written around AD 61. And it was written to the Christians in Colossae. And the reason why is in the Bible is because Paul wrote this letter to defend the truth that Christ is truly God. Yes, people back then also did not believe that Christ Jesus is God. And so he was defending that truth and rightly so. And he encouraged the believers to live confidently with God's powerful help. Amen. And that is how we shall live. That is how we shall be living our lives today. Hold on. Let me let me get set up over here. Get everything in position so I can read this Bible. I love the word of God. And yes, I am reading out of the New Living Translation today. So what is the book of Colossians all about? Okay, so it's about that how 
when Paul was a prisoner in Rome, okay, he wrote this letter to a city that he had never visited, okay? He had come to know of the believers while living in Ephesus on his second missionary journey. And so he was concerned because he had heard some strange pagan thinking, okay, that was creeping into the church. Because you see, even then, in the first century church, they were facing the same problem that we are facing today because you cannot tell the Roman Catholic pagan church, okay, that they need to stop all of their idolatry and worshiping of the dead, you know, so that had crept into Christianity. And so that's why we get all of these pagan holidays, like this pagan Easter, the pagan Christmas, and all of them other pagan holidays that are uh, are conveniently wrapped around the word Christianity, and it has absolutely nothing to do with Christ. And so we see over here that Paul was addressing the same issue about these strange pagan thinking that was creeping into the church, and that the views that were troubling the Colossians were a mixture of astrology, magic and Judaism. Yeah, because not only of the uh, strange pagan thinkings, because you know, you got the magic and the astrology, but you have uh, Jews that were still trying to hold on to the law of Moses and to um, stranglehold, if you will, the new believers in Christ that that were coming into the body of Christ. And so I guess there were much confusion. Do we still hang on to the law or do we do not? So you had a lot of this going back and forth. And so Paul wanted to address that because with the mixture of all of that was going on, which downgraded Christ to being just some sort of an angel. So so Paul had to set the record straight. And so he writes to correct this error by showing that Christ is God and the full nature of God is in him. And so Paul also included in the book of Colossians on how to live the Christian life. Amen. So let's get into it. Because like I said, I love a good backstory. So we see greetings from Paul in chapter 1. It says that this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. Amen. Verse two, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ May God, our Father, give you grace and peace. Amen. And so we see here in verse 3, Paul is giving thanks 
He says, we pray, we also pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Amen. And the good news, people, is that Christ Jesus died for your sins and that he was buried. And on the third day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God raised him out of the grave and Jesus is alive today, sitting at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. Amen. And so Paul was telling the church at Colossae that that their confident hope of this good news, um, which God has reserved for you in heaven, and that how they have had this expectation ever since they first heard the truth of the good news. Verse 6, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. Amen. The gospel is being preached, people. Amen. And so Paul goes on to say that it is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Yep, it changed my life. Amen. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Amen. I can tell you that is the truth because once I really heard the true gospel, and not that damnable prosperity gospel that if you give God money, that he will give you money back. That is not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus did not die on the cross so that you can be healed from every sick, sickness and disease. That's not what Christ died for. No, the gospel tells us that Christ Jesus died for our sins and the wound that those 39 stripes on his back, it didn't heal us from the cancer or the back pain or the headache or the common cold. No, that wound that was healed, that was the sin. Christ Jesus died so that sin will no longer have mastery over us. Pastor Wolf, so y'all need to stop it. Amen. And so look, <clears throat> verse 7. You learned about you learned about the good news from Apparis. Listen now, I'm not trying to twist these names. It looks like it's pronounced Apparis. E E P A P H R A S. So, all of my Bible scholars out there, if you all know how to pronounce that, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you on my behalf. Amen. And so, which was apparently this person was Paul's beloved co worker. Amen. And so, 
um, it goes on to say he is Christ's faithful servant. Amen. And that he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So apparently this gentleman, Epaphras, okay, was a beloved co-worker of Paul and he was spreading the good news as well. Amen. And so in verse nine of the book of Colossians chapter one, it says, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, <clears throat> excuse me, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Amen. Verse 10, then the way you live, okay, will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Amen. And that's the key to holy living. That's right, Paul, you hit the nail on the head. And then he says, all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Amen. And that is why people we must stay out of the sin because you cannot be in sin and know what God's will is. You can't. You can't straddle the fence. You can't have one foot in the kingdom of God trying to know his will. And then you got your other foot over there in the kingdom of Satan, just cutting up, still sleeping around, still smoking your weed and cigarettes, still drinking your alcohol and, and watching your porn and your masturbation. You can't do that. Oh, absolutely not. Because look, because when we, when we, um, honor and please the Lord. Well, then guess what? Our lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And that's the life. If you have called on the Lord Jesus to be your savior, then this is how we live over here, knowing God's will. Amen. And it says that in verse 11, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. Amen. Thank you, Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. Amen. Hold on, let me come over here to the top. Let me make some room on this table. It's a hot mess over here in my little studio, in my closet. Amen. So, he says that, he says, okay, right, right, right. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light, okay? You must live in God's light in order to get, in order to share in this inheritance. Verse 13, for he has rescued us 
from the kingdom of darkness. And that's what I was talking about, people. We ain't got no business back over there in the kingdom of darkness when Christ Jesus rescued us from that darkness. Amen. And look, it says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And that's the bottom line. We cannot be living like we are not being saved. We can't. Listen, Christ is supreme. Verse 15, Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God. Hold on. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Amen. Because again, let us not forget, Paul was was setting the record straight. Amen. Because see, a lot what was going on was that Paul had to correct this error that was going down at the church at Colossae. Okay. Because apparently the scuttlebutt was that Christ was not God. Okay. And so Paul is laying out for us right now what and who Christ is. Okay. Here we go. It says that he <clears throat> that he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Verse 16, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything. The Bible says everything was created through him and for him. People, Christ is supreme. Verse 17, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Amen. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is the first in everything. Shut it down, Paul. Amen. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me take a sip of my coffee. Now, that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Paul is letting it be known who Christ Jesus is. So don't get it twisted. I love it. So he says, right, that so he is the first in everything. Verse 19 of chapter one. For God and all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. 
Amen. I love this. So, verse 21, okay? Because Paul just told us that everything that was ever made, that was ever created, came through Christ Jesus because he is supreme. And that how, that how God, through Christ Jesus, reconciled us back to him. Because the Bible tells us that we was not looking to make it right with God, even though it was us that damaged the relationship and broke fellowship. So we wasn't trying to make amends, but God, in his mercy, because he didn't have to do it. The Bible tells us that in his forbearance, okay, because he could have gave us what we rightly deserved, and that is the lake of fire, okay, but in his forbearance, he had patience with us while we was ignorant, okay, and then he sent out of his love and mercy, he demonstrated his love by sending Christ Jesus, to lay his life down as a sacrificial lamb for the sins of the world. Christ is it. The spotlight, the highlight is on Christ Jesus, not on Buddha, not on the founder of the Mormons or the Jehovah Witnesses or the Catholic pagan church. None of that. None of those false religions have a stake about anything. Okay. They are Hold on. Let me let me get back to the lesson because I, I I feel I feel a rant coming on because those religions pull you away from Christ. They pull you away from what Paul just said about who Christ is. Amen. And so they teach a false gospel. They teach false doctrines. We need to stay away from them. We are in the body of Christ. We got no business in the kingdom of darkness anymore. We got no business dibbling and dabbling with yoga or uh, anything new age, anything dealing with naming and claiming and grabbing and blabbing, all of that. We got no business dealing with that is over here. In the word of God, where we find the real Jesus, because I don't know what a fake Jesus that they are preaching. And the majority of them is they have downgraded Christ to be simply maybe, you know, a good person, um, a prophet, you know, but as far as being God, nope, they don't believe that. So look, it says here in verse 21, okay, because right, because Paul was just telling us that how, um, that through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Verse 22, yet now he has reconciled you to himself 
through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. Thank you, Father. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And we can do that only because of Christ Jesus. Amen. Because apart from Christ, you are a sinner on your way to hell's fire as you await the final judgment at the great white throne where you will hear how your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life and you will be thrown into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever, day and night without ending for all of eternity. You will be in torment. So we ain't trying to do that. So look, verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Okay, and that is why we cannot sit up under these wolves and sheep clothing. Look at their fruit. Look at the lives. Because you see, that's the problem with the apostate church. They want their ears to be tickled. And so they surround themselves. The Bible says that they heap upon themselves these teachers that are in their same sin as they are, and they have turned from the sound doctrine like we hearing right now, okay? They have turned from that, and they have turned their minds over to now to listen to these fables, these myths, these, these fairy tales, these lies coming down from the pulpit, at the apostate lion church whose motive is only to separate you from your money. So yeah, they're going to tickle that ear. They're not going to teach on sin and repentance. Listen, they are not going to give you anything that will make you think, stop and turn. No, they ain't doing that. They will please every lustful desire you have. They will train you to be tolerant of others. Thank you, Holy Spirit, who are in the same sins, if not greater. Okay. Because, well, sin is sin. So no, no one sin is greater than the other. They all is, is all a hot mess. Okay, so that's why it's crucial that if they are not preaching this, this truth that the word of God is laying out through the apostle Paul, then we need to flee from them. Amen. And so look, it says here in verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Amen. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. 
Amen. And so we see Paul's work for the church. He says in verse 24, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. Amen. Thank you, Father, for sending Paul. Okay, for sending Paul to lay out what about two thirds of the New Testament to bring us the truth. Thank you, Father. It says, Paul says that in verse 26, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, past, but now it has been revealed to God's people for God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. Amen. Because you see, that was the mystery that has been how he say it, that um that it has been it was kept a secret for centuries but now it has been revealed to us and what is the revealing of the mystery that the gentiles along with the jews okay along with the jews that we are now in this one body Amen. And so Paul goes on to say, and this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Amen. Chapter two. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally, Paul goes on to say in verse 2 of chapter 2 of Colossians. He says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. Amen, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am telling you this so no one will deceive you. Thank you. Okay. With well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Amen. And so we're about to head on about freedom from rules and new life in Christ. Verse six. And now 
just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. That is so true, people. Amen. I find myself just being so thankful and so grateful that God has chosen the Gentiles to be grafted in with the Jews. Amen. And all of this is through Christ Jesus. We are so thankful. Amen. Verse 8 of chapter 2. Don't let, okay, because once we have all of this awesome truth and wisdom and knowledge, listen, people, we got to hold on to this because then Paul is about to tell us in verse 8, he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. I love that. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather from Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so, if your pastor is standing up there in the pulpit sounding very, you know, prolific and uh, scholarly and and gentle and soft-spoken. If he's talking about how no matter what you do, that you can never lose your salvation, you need to run from him. Amen. Because we are to live lives of repentance. And if we look at second Peter, come on, let's, let's come over here to second Peter that tells us what happens that if we leave this truth, if we leave the truth that Paul just so clearly and wonderfully laid out for us, look, it says second Peter chapter two down here in verse 20. And when people is escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command that they were given to live a holy life. They proved the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit and another says a wash pig returns to the mud. Amen. So look, Paul is saying, don't let anyone Okay, with all of their lies and philosophies and what, how he said it, high sounding nonsense that you can stay in your sins and that how you can't out sin God's grace. Meaning that no matter what you do, you still going to go to heaven because of God's grace and that how no man can pluck you out of Jesus hand. 
that scripture is for the one who stays in his hand. Listen, you can't be over here in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20, getting yourself all entangled back up in sin again, because the Bible just told us that you will be worse off that after having all of this sound knowledge that you have come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you get tangled back up in sin because you're listening to the wolf in sheep clothing that how you can't out sin God's grace and you think you got your salvation in the bag and that at the end of the day you still get to go to heaven oh no 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 that is high sounding nonsense <laughs> I love it I love it I listen that's high sounding nonsense Okay, that that don't even make any sense. What you mean that I could still be in my sins and still get to heaven? Because if that was the case, right, Holy Spirit, then Christ died for nothing. Christ died a horrific death at the hands of the Jews, at the hands of the Jews when they gave the dog whistle to the Roman soldiers to daggone near kill our Lord Jesus by that beating and whipping that he took, then all of that was for nothing. Then Isaiah 52, how it talks about the people that they were astonished when they saw Christ Jesus hanging up there on the cross, looking like he wasn't even human because of the severity of the beating that he took on our behalf, the suffering that Christ went through in the garden of Gethsemane that night under the immense pressure of going to the cross so much so that he sweated blood while he was praying earnestly to the Father that if there be any way to do this, take this cup from me. But he said, nevertheless, not not that it be my will, let it be your will. So he went through all of that for nothing. If you think that you can stay in your sins and still get to heaven, that's nonsense. That's nonsense, people. The Bible just told us that all of that is high sounding nonsense. Getting back over here to Colossians. We are leaved off here. Right, verse 9. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. It says, so you are also complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ... You were circumcised, okay, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. <clears throat> For you were buried. I'm loving this. Hold on, let me turn the page here. I, I, I can't even contain myself. I can't. I can't. Look, it says that. 
how Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature, for you were buried, okay? You were buried with Christ when you were baptized and when and with him you are raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Amen. I'm telling you, the resurrection is everything. Everything is on the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Amen. And then it says, you were dead. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me go. Did I miss anything? Right. That Christ, when you were baptized and with him, you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Verse 13, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Amen. So, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Or Sabbaths, come on now, verse 17, for these rules are only shadows, shadows, amen, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality, amen, because see, look, Paul is telling us, look, because you know how the whole backstory, right, of what was going down, thank you, Holy Spirit, at the church at Colossae's, that among the pagan thinkings that were going on with the astrologies and the magic and all, but there was an issue about Judaism because they still wanted the Gentiles to take on the commands and the regulations and the holy days and um all of those uh, rituals that they had been doing for centuries. And so, of course, there were confusions and concern going on. And Paul was just saying, look, he says, don't let anyone condemn you. Okay. Because he's talking about them Jews trying to put on to the uh, new believers in Christ, those uh, uh, Gentiles, right, to uh, uh, condemn them by saying that, oh, about, you know, what you eat, because, you know, um, according to the law, the laws of Moses, there were certain foods that they can't eat, okay, and so they were trying to creep upon them these regulations about what kind of foods you can eat and about keeping certain holy days like uh, like Passovers and all of those uh, feasts and, and whatnot. And um, what else it says? Oh, about a new moon ceremonies or the Sabbath because everything now is in Christ. All of those things like keeping the Sabbath, 
you know, resting, about certain foods that you can eat that that will defile a person because Christ told us in um, Mark 7 that it's not what you put in you that defile you. No, it's what's in that heart that comes out. That's what defiles a person now, okay? Because Christ... Once Jesus came on the scene, thank you, Holy Spirit, it was a game changer. It was a game changer because, see, now when even in Christ's teachings in in the Gospels that he would make a reference to what the law of Moses had to say about a topic, but then he would say what? But I say... Okay, yes, this how things were, and this is what the law said says because we know that the law is good and holy and righteous. Amen. But when Christ came on the scene, because the whole purpose of the law was to point to Jesus coming. And that once he came on the scene, he says that, listen, I didn't come to abolish the law. I didn't come to take it away. No, I came to fulfill it perfectly on your behalf. Okay, because you can't keep the law. That is why there's a penalty of death attached to the law. But Christ took that penalty by dying. By dying on the cross for our sins. And he nailed the charges to the cross. We just read that. And so when Christ came on the scene, it was a game changer. Okay. We don't have to follow any laws of Moses anymore. We now follow the law of Christ, which is to love God with all of our hearts, minds, and soul and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And Christ Jesus says that those two commands hang on the law of Moses. No, that the that the law of Moses Moses and what the prophet said now hang on those two commandments. It's a love thing now, people. That is why we had that spiritual circumcision, not the physical circumcision that the Jews had to go through that procedure. No, we are now spiritually circumcised. Amen. And so getting back over here, before I lose my train of thought, I think I did, but we all get the point, right? So, right, 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 right. Because he was saying, don't let anyone condemn you about what you eat, what you drink, for not celebrating certain holy days or new moons or Sabbaths, for these rules are, are only shadows, of the reality yet to come because everything people was pointing to Christ. Christ Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. It is now, thank you, Holy Spirit. It is now no longer a work, a requirement that if you don't fulfill it, you will be stoned to death because that was the penalty over there in the law of Moses because we saw this man who was picking up, gathering 
sticks on the Sabbath and he got stoned along with his whole with his whole family. But we are not under that ritual anymore because why? The Lord of the Sabbath showed up. The kingdom of God is showing up. Christ Jesus touched down on planet Earth in the body of a man. So now he's our Lord of the Sabbath. He's our risen King. He is alive today in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God. And from that place, he is waiting to make his enemies his footstool. We don't have to keep the Sabbath. We rest in Christ Jesus. Amen. By faith. It's by faith. Amen. So look. Verse 17, right? For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels. Okay? Hear that? Catholic Church. Okay, right. Or the worship of angels saying they have had visions about these things. Listen, the Bible is saying their sinful minds have made them proud and they are not connected to Christ. Okay, so over there on Facebook, a.k.a. the Lion's Den, for all of y'all who wants to keep defending these wolves in sheep clothing with all of their high-sounding nonsense, the Bible is telling us that they are not connected to Christ. You can't be. You cannot be. If you are telling the people that they have a license to sin because of God's grace, that's some high-sounding nonsense, and they are not connected to Christ. See, that is why we got to get into this word to study, to show ourselves approved, so that we are not being swayed by every wind of high-sounding nonsense doctrines. <laughs> Let me tell you, the, the apostate church, should rule the day, should rule the day that I found this information out today with their high-sounding nonsense. Yeah, they, they better watch out because here I come with the truth. Glory be to God. So look, he says, right, that their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Amen. Verse 20 of Colossians 2. You have died with Christ. And he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why, so why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But, 
okay? But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil's desires. So look, let me let me take a sip of this coffee because I'm about to go off. Hold on. Look, all of these religions, all of the, the false church with all of their pious, high sounding nonsense about, about fasting. Okay. Because they ain't fasting correctly. I, I, I believe I did a teaching on the podcast because I know I did a teaching over there on Facebook about uh, fasting and how we are not even doing that correctly, but Hold on, let me, let me get, yeah, about their uh, strong devotions, right? About their pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline. All of that, okay? It serves no purpose. It don't even help us conquering this flesh. It don't. It just tells us, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. So why do it? Why doing it? Why? Because it is a secret agenda at hand, people, and it's about the money tree. That's why they doing all of this. Listen, they cannot be that ignorant of the word of God because for them to have gone to seminary school and for them to heap upon them these these titles like pastor and doctor, reverend, so-and-so, minister, bishop, high priestess, or whatever they want to call themselves, with all of that puffed-up knowledge, you mean tell me that they don't know that they twisting these scriptures? They know it. Listen, they can't be that ignorant. If we lay people could get into the word of God and just read it for what it is, Read it exactly as it is written. Read it, right? Then you will understand it if you got the Holy Spirit in you. And that's another issue that I cannot get into on this podcast today because then I would never let y'all go. Okay, you must have the Holy Spirit in you. Otherwise, the Bible tells us, but I believe over there is either 1 John 2 or 1 John 3. That 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 tells us that the I believe is those yeah I believe but anyway right that how um the word of God is foolishness to those who are perishing because they don't have the Holy Spirit to discern what the word of God is saying. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, and if you are not sent by the Lord Jesus Christ to preach and to pastor over his flock, you are going to twist these scriptures, especially if you have and when you have a corrupt mind. Paul tells us that the person that tells you that godliness is gain, that how you can give God money and he'll give you money back, that's a corrupt mind. <laughs> that's a- that's a corrupt mind. And that is why, listen, 
I would rather sit at the feet of Jesus learning this like this way rather than being corrupted like I have been for years sitting up under that damnable word of faith, prosperity, gospel, high sounding nonsense. <laughs> I'm telling you. Y'all, listen, y'all better watch out. God gave me a new phrase from the word of God. So yeah, I and I am going to enjoy using it. This high sounding nonsense. They need to stop it and they need to repent. Get me started. So now look, verse three, I'm sorry, chapter three of Colossians, right? And we got one more chapter to go and then I'm gonna leave y'all. Okay, so look, because listen, we need to do this. We need to, myself included, we need to all the time crack open the Bible and get into it and see what it says, because the world is full of lies and and how pitiful it is when it coming through the body of Christ. What is wrong with these people? Listen, you mean tell me that you love money that much that you will send people back on the road to hell when they barely escaped? Listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, when we came to Christ, when whenever that moment in time was in our lives, when we came to Christ, listen, by the grace of God, we barely made it. Why? Because he could have killed us at any time. Listen, he could have called us up out of this body suit two seconds before we came to Christ. And then where we then where we would have been in hell in the torments, in these flames, like the Bible says, okay? So we barely, by the skin of our teeth, barely escaped hell's fire. And then we on the path to righteousness, and here come the wolf. Here come the wolf when all we were doing was trying to find out more about God because we are so excited about coming to Christ and being saved. And we understood. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your mercy. OK, teach me this word. I know nothing. I know nothing about the Bible. I know nothing about church. I know nothing about. OK, what do we do now? Only thing I know that I'm coming to this preacher because that's what we think we, we got to do because we sinners in the world and we think that when we come to Christ, we go to church, right? Amen. And then what happens? We run into a wolf. Who knew? We didn't know yet. We didn't know yet. We didn't know that 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 God, uh, we, we didn't know that God didn't want us to have our best life ever because we listen to the pastor who who telling us that God does want us to have our best life ever and that how he don't want us to be broke and sick and stuck in poverty all of this material stuff that we can have it now and enjoy it because once we die yeah okay yeah we'll we'll get to heaven but in the meantime enjoy your life now they had us putting our eyes on earthly treasures and i'm like what kind of person would do that to someone who's looking for christ why would you do that 
And that's what made me so upset. And that is what puts me on fire for the Lord to let other people know that these people are duping you. They are duping you and they only want your money and they can care two flips about whether or not you get to heaven. And you want to know why I say that? Because they never explain that without holiness, no man shall see God. And I remember clearly that Creflo Dollar, who I was sitting them under, he wiggled, he wiggled us out of that scripture because I remember him um quoting it and I'm and my first instinct was like oh my goodness because guess what I was still in sin yeah thinking I'm saved but I'm still still dibbling and dabbling okay okay and when when he said that scripture and I'm like to myself oh man so I'm not going to see God. And then in the next breath, I forget how he twisted us out of that. He twisted that scripture that I forget exactly what he said, but I remember going, phew, I thought I thought I wasn't going to see the Lord. He made me believe what I, and I can't, and I wish I could remember exactly how he twisted that, that made me think, phew, okay, I'm good then. Okay, because how he twisted it, it it made me feel good, like relieved that, oh, okay, 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 right. And now I'm like, no, it is what it is. It says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And that means that you got to put away the sin. Otherwise, you ain't seeing the Lord. But he didn't teach it like that because I would have walked away with, oh my goodness, then I got to get up out of the sin. I should have walked away from that sermon being pricked in my heart with the fear of God that if I don't stop it, I'm not going to see him. But I didn't walk away like that. I walked away with, whew, yeah, okay, okay, I got this, I got this, Capacitor just, he just massaged that scripture for me, okay, so you know what, I'm still good to go then, no, I should have been grieved walking away at that saying, let us get back over here, where were we, we were in chapter three, I'm, uh, listen, I'm trying to wrap it up, but it, it's the Holy Spirit, y'all, Okay, he he has me still talking. Now look, okay, look. Where were we? Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Okay, look. Verse 3 of Colossians 3. Okay, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life? Okay, that's who our life is, is Christ, not this wicked, sinful world, not yourself, whatever you think, how your life should go. No, our life is hidden in Christ. Amen. It says, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Verse five. So, okay. So that means everything that Paul just laid out for us right there, he says, so that means because of therefore, this is what we now need to do. Okay. So put to death the sinful 
earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater. Did you hear that, Pastor Wolf? Okay, because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through uh, 10 that no idolater will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So look, he says, don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Verse 6, because of these sins, okay, because it's a sin. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So, verse 10, put on your new nature. Put it on and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Amen. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. I love that. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. Verse 12, since God chose you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercies, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds all of us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, okay, listen, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Amen. Listen, verse 16 of Colossians 3, let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Listen, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Now look, instructions for Christian households, because see, Paul is covering all the bases in this book. 
Listen, verse 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to those who belong to the Lord, ladies. Husbands, okay, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, okay, y'all better stop acting up and cutting up. Listen, Paul says, children, always obey your parents. Why? For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Amen. But if you do what is wrong, come on now. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. Why? For God has no favorites. Amen. So listen, Jew, Gentile, free, slave, or whatever, if you still stuck in your sins, okay, you can get the business too. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. Listen, he is not going to show favor to one group and not the other. He is not going to let you slip and slide up and down and all around your sins and you still get to go to heaven. And while people... Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we got the memo that we got to cut off the old man and put on a new man and we doing everything right and we get to go to heaven and you too. No, listen, that's not how this works. Okay. God plays no favorites. He is not going to favor one group and not the other. Listen, we all can get the business. Okay. Save sinners, whatever you keep playing with God. Okay. And he going to show you he ain't playing you playing. Amen. Chapter four. And this is the close. Masters, be just as fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. And this is Paul encouragement. This is his prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. And as a reminder, folks, what is that plan? That all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, we have been grafted together in one body through Christ Jesus, who died for our sins. And so because his blood was shed, we can now have forgiveness of those sins. He laid down his life as a sacrificial lamb, which appeased God's holy wrath. God poured his wrath on Jesus when it should have been poured on us. It should have been us up there dying for our sins on the cross. But oh, no, no. Christ Jesus 
laid down his life for his friends. Glory be to God. And now it's just one body. It's not just one sheepfold over there and another sheepfold over there because Jesus says that he's coming for the other sheeps, which was us, the Gentiles. And now we all have the same Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. We now got the same Holy Spirit. We are now meshed together in one body because that that plan to uh, do that, that was kept a mystery for centuries. No one knew. Thank you, Holy Spirit. No one knew that God was going to do this. Listen, them um, uh, Israel didn't know that the uh, pagan Gentiles who they despised, okay, Okay, that one day soon through the annals of time, once Christ Jesus comes on the scene, <clears throat> that they didn't know that the other nation was going to enjoy the same inheritance. They thought that they were just so special and which they were, but they were in pride about all of that. Okay, they they got so up on their high horse that how God chose them as a nation that what they were supposed to do is to show the world God's goodness through their obedience and faith. But oh, no, no, they wanted the spotlight. They wanted to be seen as the teachers of the law and they will go down to the marketplace places and their long flowing robes just making a scene of themselves it was all about them so of course they had no clue okay that one day that God would take the pagan Gentile nations and mesh us all together into one body that secret was kept hidden but now it has been revealed and Paul is telling us that Jesus gave him this message to tell the world that guess what we are now in one body Amen. And so he says that we're over, over here, right? Uh, verse three, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray, um, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Yes, Paul, it is clear. Thank you. Okay, verse five of Colossians four, and this is the close, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Okay, now what is this person's name? Tachias? Okay, T-Y-C-H-I-C-U-S, Tachias, Tachias, okay. We'll give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose to let you know how we are doing and to and to encourage you. I am also sending here we go. What is this name? Anonymous Anosimus. O N E S I M U S. I'm just going to say Brother O. Amen. 
Amen. Okay. Brother O, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people, he and Tychicus, brother Ty, okay, will tell you everything that's happening here. Artichars, oh my goodness, Lord, help me with these names. What is this? Ari, Arist, Arister, Aristocus, Aristocus, Aristocus. Okay. Brother A, who is in prison with me, sends you his greetings, and so does Mark, Barnabas' cousin. And it says, as you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greetings. These are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God. Amen. And what a comfort they have been. A papyrus, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Amen. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Herpopolis. Heropopolis. Okay. Luke, the beloved doctor, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha. Nympha. Okay. And the church that meets in her house. Sister Nye. Okay. After you have read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so they can read it too. And you should read the letter I wrote to them and say to Brother A, what's his name? Archippus, A-R-C-H-I-P-P-U-S, Brother A, okay, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own handwriting, Paul. Remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. Amen. Glory be to God. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Now, wasn't that some awesome teaching? Wasn't it? Now, I can assure you that if we hear the full counsel of God being preached like that, oh, we will stay up out of our sins. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I am going to let you all go. Okay. I must walk my doggy. Amen. Amen. Okay. So Lord willing, I shall speak to you all next time. Remember, repent, stop sinning, Believe that Christ Jesus, our risen King, who is alive today, died for your sins and turned back to God. Amen. Amen. Until next time, I speak to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.